Show. I'm your host, State Senator Mike Azinger, usually regularly. We have uh, Pastor Leversy, but he's not here today because I mess his schedule up. So he's, he's um, he'll be back. Uh, we'll, we'll be back in the studio with Pastor Brian Leversy next week. But uh, you're listening to the Voice of Truth radio show, the only show in America where you'll experience the fusion of church and state. So we're going to... We're going to rap about culture, history, current events, and give it to you from a biblical perspective, as always, here on the Voice of Truth radio show. We're on Thursdays at 5, Saturdays at 3. We podcast at Voice of Truth with Mike Azinger. So we got uh, we got our, um, our uh, uh, farm team in here, Mark Dallin. Good to be with you. So uh, it's always fun having Mark Dowler in. So we've been buddies since um, about 1834. Uh, around there, Before yeah. the uh, Civil War. Uh, we go back that far. Yeah. And uh, his son, Tim, who produces the show, is going to sit in with us, too, and interject some wisdom as we go along, if he feels led by the Spirit. So he's saying We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. So... Um, Thanks for coming in, Mark. We're going to talk. Um, we're going to talk about a few subjects, um, but um, Mark Dowler, of course, you had uh, you had your own little radio uh, show—not a show, but a, a little segment you did right here in this studio for, yeah. for I don't know how many years. Oh, it was several years. Uh, we did a two-minute uh, daily devotional on the creation, uh, creative uh, creative moments. Yes. And uh, we just, uh, you know, had a creative thought and uh, and uh, had the appropriate uh, uh, scripture to go along with you it. You know what we should have done, Mark Dell? I dropped the ball here. So I got on a Facebook. I found uh, in my Facebook feed, and uh, sometimes I should resist this temptation when I don't, but sometimes I shouldn't. Sometimes, <laughs> so this um, this it was called Planet Earth comes through my feed. I didn't like it, you know. It's just I think one of those they're they're doing. So anyway, look at this rock formation. I'm showing it to the dollars. It's a fascinating, beautiful oh, piece wow. of of uh, rock just kind of uh, I don't know how long it is a couple hundred yards long and I don't know how many how tall it is probably uh, a couple hundred yards tall and you see all all of the slices of strata strata in it yeah and so the the uh, <coughs> the planet earth put this what millions of years look like in one photo and this is from Ireland it's a just a beautiful beautiful thing so um, yours truly, I said, um, I said, no, that is what the great flood of Genesis looks like. Exactly. So it's like, it's, it's like, uh, layer after layer after layer. Um, and that's what we should have talked about because I, I just, I just put something on there and all of a sudden, 
all of a sudden, I've got um, like 800 and some, not all likes, but reactions. Oh, wow. <laughs> some of them were, uh, the you know, the, the, the laugh emoji now is mocking you. Yeah. It's, mock, it's, a, it's a mock emoji half the time. So I got a bunch of those and a bunch of reactions and a bunch of people saying, uh, you know these th- these. This is a worldwide thing. Mm-hmm. I've noticed. I've this has happened to me a couple of times where I just make a remark and I get all of these. All you have to do is just kind of uh, just trigger them, and it, they're they're from all over the not all over all over the world, but a lot from like Australia, New Zealand area, yeah. and uh, they're they are they are leftists that react, and they are evolutionists that react, and. Um, and they make they ask a lot of questions or make a lot of points yeah. um, about creation. So we should do that sometime. Yeah. Well, what what that picture shows is uh, is not what they what the most of the world believes is evidence of evolution over millions of years, but rather it it shows evidence of a worldwide flood that probably was formed within perhaps minutes or hours of a universal worldwide flood. So the worldwide flood was like a little over a year total, right? That's how long they were in the ark. Yes. Uh, And and it's interesting that, uh, you know, when you look at that, you know, I mean, it is, the picture is what it is, that place exists, but it it shows us how we, you know, it, it points to how we look at it. When you look at it from a biblical worldview, yes. which we're going to talk about here in a few minutes, but when you look at it from a biblical worldview, in other words, you look at that, that photograph and, and your mind automatically goes to the story of Noah and the ark mm-hmm. and the flood, whereas the world sees that same photograph, and they automatically think of evolution because yes. they've been they've been so indoctrinated they've mm-hmm. they've uh, you know uh, learned evolution particularly in the public schools that that th- that's their uh, interpretation of that photograph. Yeah, it's it's, it's your worldview. Uh, so if you want to see it, folks, you, uh, I know you're probably thinking, "Gee, I'd like to see what you're talking about." It's a beautiful picture of, of creation and the deluge which i like to call sometimes uh, of uh which is the, the great flood of genesis and um as you said mark it, it it's just a matter of how you view the world mm-hmm. um but we of course understand the truth that it was uh the biblical flood created these layers uh it's just a big large rock formation kind of it's just you can't see the whole thing but it's just off the coast i don't know a couple hundred yards off the coast uh so it's a planet earth that is the uh facebook page if you want to look at it it's beautiful formation so we'll do we'll do creation next time if you'll remind me next time we have you on which will be uh probably in the not too distant future so um we're going to talk about today um in the in the first segment here uh, with Mark, we're going to talk about critical thinking. Critical thinking, and then we'll get into uh, uh, in the next segments um, the Southern Baptist Convention pushing back. The Southern Baptist Convention was being uh, infiltrated by critical race theory, mm-hmm. um, uh, 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 wolves in sheep clothing, and uh, they're pushing back. Vadi Bakum who's a, a, a black apologist whose book I read recently is being uh, as part of that. So we'll do that. And then um, the exodus from U.S. cities is gaining speed 
new data show. This is a fascinating little piece, too, of where people are going in these big cities. Are they flocking to them or running from them? I'll let you guess, but we'll do that probably in the third segment. And um, and then we'll also try to fit in a new study. More than half of all female to male transgender teens attempt suicide. It's so sad. It's just, it is horrific. Uh, more than half. So we'll get into that too. Uh, hopefully we'll have time for that. If not, maybe we'll just do that uh, next week with Pastor Leversey. When uh, when he's back in the studio. All right, so so let's segue uh, the critical thinking with what's going on in the culture uh, in terms of, of of what generations after us. So I was born in '65. You're a few years older than I am, Mark. Tim Dallar was born in uh, 1983 when I graduated from high school. I remember Tim. When he was, uh, I, I'm holding my hand out about uh, three feet off the ground, when he was uh, knee-high to a, a grasshopper um, out in Torch, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And Dee Dee, little Dee Dee. All right, uh, 43% of millennials don't know, care, or believe God exists. A massive generational change has occurred in America, and we're feeling the effect of its upheaval. So this is this is the generation um, that is. Uh, we'll get here, Tim. We were talking to Tim about uh, which. Okay, here we go, Tim. We were talking about which age is the gener- which age is which in terms of the generation. So according to this new survey, a shocking forty-three percent of American millennials. Um, so that's 1984 to 2002. Now these these aren't hard. Sometimes yeah. sometimes they differ a few years. So the 43 percent of American millennials, 1984 to 2002, don't know, don't care, or believe, or don't believe God exists. Less than half, 48 percent, hold to the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you, which would solve a lot of the problems in the public schools. Why don't they just teach that? I made a speech like that on the floor once. While nearly 4 in 10, 38%, give the green light to revenge. Hey, revenge is okay. We'd all like to get that. <laughs> but uh, God, does, God, God uh, says he'll get the revenge, and we're not supposed to. Um, so uh, this is from Dr. George Barna, Mark Dowler, I you're probably familiar with him. Uh, so, so uh, give us a give us your interpretation of this. Why why are millennials um, why are they swerving into uh, being pulled into this uh, the this heresy of of um, their their worldview or their view of God? Well, a lot of it has to do with the education uh, that uh, you know when we kick God out of the public schools. Uh, Many years ago, uh, I heard uh, someone say that God is a perfect gentleman, and he won't uh, he won't uh, be somewhere that he's not welcome. And uh, when we uh, dismiss God from particularly the, the public schools, and then later from our you know much of our civil society, then uh, 
it's it's no surprise. It's tragic, but it's no surprise that many of our young people now feel as if they have no purpose in life. It's because the the God of Heaven is the one who not only created us but gives us uh, purpose uh, in life. And uh, so the very fact that forty three percent that Barna is saying is uh, feels as if they they no longer have a belief in God or even a higher power. Uh, that really leaves that incredible void in their life. Uh, I think it was uh, A.W. Tozer who said that God created every person with that God-shaped vacuum in which uh, uh, it's either filled by by God or it's filled by the things of the world. So now we have a generation of young people that is really adrift in society with uh, seemingly no... uh, no uh, purpose uh, in life and they're just trying to figure it out as they go it is truly tragic but it, it really kind of comes back to this idea of uh, critical thinking you know I mean how do we analyze how do we process the world we all see it uh, we all see what's happening but not everybody fully understands uh, what's happening and we <laughs> we have many people in our media now that's trying to tell us exactly what's going on but uh, you know that's just one side of it so uh, it's no surprise uh, that uh, a good portion of our uh, young generation is now lost and in, in, lost an in interest and really uh, are uh, walking practical atheist hmm. that's right uh, Barbara uh, D- uh, George Barna who did the who did this uh, survey he called it uh, the dominant, he says the dominant worldview of our day is syncretism, which is like a blend or a variety of, uh, of uh, religions or beliefs. And, uh, you know, it used to be, like you said, uh, before, before we kicked God out of the schools in 1962, we kicked the Bible out um, in 1963, we kicked prayer out of schools. It might, that might be reversed, but those two years... Uh, Supreme Court said no. Can't have prayer. Can't have Bible. You can't teach kids to love uh, love their neighbors, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Would want them to to do that. Wouldn't want them to learn the Ten Commandments. And uh, this is what the leftists do. So we've done that, and now we're fighting uh, uh, some of these hard left, radical, nutcase uh, teachers. Um, Especially in these big cities, who who want to teach our kids about sex at an early age. So, uh, so we're not teaching we're not teaching the Bible. We're not teaching God. We kick God out. There's a vacuum left there, which devil the devil loves vacuum. So he'll fill it with something that will be antithetical to what God teaches, won't he? Uh, yeah, absolutely, and in the, the very idea that that uh, we we have. Uh, uh, we don't have a codified uh, set of moral rules anymore. The, the Ten Commandments, whether a person uh, went to church or not, uh, they could live a decent moral life uh, for themselves and their families and the society around them if they follow those just those ten simple rules that God, you know, issued over 3,500 years ago. Uh, that is the the uh, the greatest moral. Uh, statement uh, uh, that that we've ever had, and when we dismiss those uh, those rules, the Ten Commandments, then then we are opening ourselves up to uh, all the uh, all the despicable and and uh, uh, terrible things of the world. 
Uh, so, so when God gave the law to Moses, and, and uh, of course it goes beyond the Ten Commandments, I think there's like 615 or 651 commands uh, of the law that God gave to Moses, to the Jewish people. And God said to the Israelites that the countries that surround you, the countries that hear about you, uh, will be in awe of you because of my law, God said. That's the law of God that is the best, the purest. Um, there is no other standard that uh, there is no other law that that even compares to the to the laws of God. So so teach us here about critical thinking because I think you know uh, like the laws of logic. I think they would they would uh, they work because they're they're um, embedded in the universe by God. So. Um, but the, but the laws of critical thinking are are just imperative because we have generations coming up that don't know how to think, don't know how to to use your word process uh, the world and, mm-hmm. and what it's throwing at them in terms of philosophies. And if you if you're if you're brought up on relativism, you can't you cannot process no. uh, these lies that are being pushed by the world so hard and and everywhere um so so uh start us out there mark Dallar. well you know we're we're familiar with uh, many of the phobias uh in the world today uh and uh you know it's interesting that 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 word phobia is a greek word which actually means fear of Mm. something Mm. but uh here's a here's one that i'd like to introduce uh it's an actual uh legitimate phobia and it's called a biblio a bibliophobia and it's the fear, the intense fear of biblical truth upsetting your thinking. Mm. So when you introduce the Bible, uh, it 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 uh, it has an effect on our our thinking, <laughs> either good or bad. Uh, you know, it's interesting that uh, uh, critical thinking is such a vital uh, and needed. Uh, uh, aspect in our lives, and yet so many people don't avail themselves of it and i have to admit as a as a christian and as a as a uh, a pastor i've been uh looking for decent material uh to to teach about critical thinking and and so i i haven't really found that much there's there's a some but not uh not very much but but critical thinking is one of these things where we are uh we are surrounded by negative thoughts uh, every day. Uh, and, and I know you in, in the legislature uh, see some of these things. Uh, let me give you a few things about uh, uh, some uh, critical errors in thinking that we see today. They're very familiar. First of it is the, the very simple thought of jumping to conclusions. People hear something and they automatically, the knee-jerk reaction, you hear something on the news and uh, you just jump to a conclusion. You know, it's interesting that the Bible tells us in Exodus or, or Proverbs 25 and verse 8 not to be hasty to strive. Or in other words, just don't jump to conclusions until you hear all the facts. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you hear things about that too. Uh, here's another one. Uh, and uh, we, hear, we see this almost on a nightly basis uh, on the, uh, the talking head news programs. It's, a, it's actually a Latin term, non sequitur. Uh, it's to distract, to, de- uh, to derail. Uh, you're talking about something, and then the other party will throw something in that has nothing related to what you're talking about to distract you 
uh, because they don't want to talk about the subject. Mm -hmm. It's called non sequitur. Uh, uh, there's, a, there's another one, and this is the big one, is uh, another Latin term, ad hominem, which means uh, actually to the person. It's an attack. Uh, I, I, was, I, I learned many, many years ago uh, in a debate, you, you can always tell when you win a debate is whenever the, the, the other party uh, doesn't have anything, and they resort to name calling, mm -hmm. and uh, so th these yeah, are things. The and, and let's let's talk about that just for a minute because that is is very common. I was I was I get in on, on these Facebook wars sometimes, and uh, um, so I'm, I'm just currently I don't not a lot a lot less than I used to, but uh, so we were talking about this rock formation, and uh, so I just made. I just made this comment that it was it was from the flood, you know. It's this big, beautiful formation of rocks that you can see all the layers that you so uh, the, uh, uh, just really uh, interestingly said that this just happened very, very quickly uh, right after the flood started. So, uh, but ad hominem, you know, I'm, if, if I'm, I made that remark, people start blasting me, um, not coming up with their own, yeah. you know, their their own evidences. They just they just blast you. They just uh, they want to destroy you. It's an ad hominem attack. Like you said, if somebody's trying to destroy you, you're probably winning the argument. So well, here's one that you you may be more familiar with in the in the legislature from all the the speeches and the debates about particular issues of legislation. But uh, it's it's a term that we've we were familiar with. But it's uh, slippery slope. Someone will say if a particular bill is not voted on or or uh, not uh, uh, passed that it's going to be the end of the state or the we're going to go bankrupt. Well, it's part of that may be true there's some degree of truth to it but the truth of the matter is it's a slippery slope uh because there's perhaps a lot of steps between a and b mm -hmm. and so uh, you know you you may hear those things but but when you hear these people that uh, kind of speak about the end of the world uh, and things we've been hearing a lot of things uh, here lately about the, the war in ukraine and and uh uh, Vladimir uh, Putin's uh, move on on perhaps on other uh, NATO countries and things and thinking that it may be World War III. Uh, what's to say that it isn't? But uh, there there's there's a lot of steps between that point and and the end of the world. So uh, I guess the the takeaway of this idea of of Christian critical thinking is is the very fact that a Christian critical thinker always carries a biblical worldview. Right. They look at the world through the lens of the Bible, whether mm. it's uh, evolution, the evolution-creation debate or uh, war. Uh, I had some folks in my church here recently uh, ask me a question is about uh, Ukraine. You know, is there anything in the Bible about this? And, uh, you know, obviously there's, there's – Ukraine is not mentioned in the scriptures, but, but uh, there are – countries involved in this struggle right now that are specifically mm -hmm. mentioned. So that's really a demonstration of a biblical worldview is to kind of see what God has to say about it. And that's why, you know, I, I always say, look, the way to uh, the way to detect error is by knowing truth. Mm -hmm. You have to know truth to detect error, and that's why it's so important to learn scripture, to read scripture, to know what God says, and and uh, you know, I always I always use uh, Genesis one one as a 
small example of of having a biblical worldview, based, you know, based on Scripture. In the beginning, there was a beginning. God created the universe. That there was a beginning of time for the universe, not for God. In the beginning, God, God created. No one else, not evolution. That does away with Genesis one one does away with evolution. Uh, in the beginning, God created. He's the creator. The heavens and the earth. So that Genesis one one does away with 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 all of the uh, look. There was a beginning, and God was there, and God did it. That takes care of everything else. It's like it's like the first commandment. You know, no other gods before me. If you do that one, then the rest will fall yeah. into place. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, one of the common reactions that we as Christians have to when somebody uh, makes statements, well, all you Christians are bigots or homophobes or uh, misogynists, things like that, is that we automatically and instinctively go on the defense. You know, well, yeah. no, I'm not. Uh, and But a critical thinker uh, has a tendency to ask questions before they uh, react. Uh, such as, well, th- th- why why would you say that? Uh, you know, give me some evidence that you say that all Christians. Obviously, it's a broad brush statement, but but we're certainly not immune to it. Uh, to uh, this idea of asking questions rather than just making statements uh, sometimes can dis- diffuse some of these things. I have a I have a, a good friend who's a uh, a wonderful uh, creation. Uh, a speaker, a Bobby O'Connor, and uh, he he uh, uh, can defuse most of the uh, evolutionary claims uh, with just three words. It's a question. Uh, you know, you read uh, or, or uh, recited uh, Genesis one one. In mm-hmm. the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And uh, when somebody says about evolution, his response was, as a critical thinker, was. Were you there? Were you there? Were right. you there? And, and, yeah. and, and how do you and, know? Were you there? Yeah, exactly. So uh, it, by asking questions rather than just uh, uh, making uh, uh, a response, uh, uh, it sometimes can help. Yes. All right. So we're out of time. So real quickly, uh, we're out of time for this segment. Real quickly, just review those uh, three or four points of um, of critical thinking. This is just obviously a superficial. Yeah. Um, teaching here, but these are these are great yeah. uh, principles to use in terms of uh, maybe debate. We don't want to, uh, you know, we we all want to as scriptures as speak the truth in love. Mike Azinger learned that. I'm te- preaching to myself, <laughs> but uh, and and but these are these are uh, to so maybe just repeat what you just yeah. said the, the uh, main points. Well, uh, obviously, be careful about jumping to conclusions. Uh, the Bible tells us to be careful about that. Uh, and uh, the the, the uh, when ad hominem, the, the name calling is is to ask questions rather than to respond uh, to it. And the slippery slope, you know, we don't always have all the facts. So uh, there may be other steps from point A to point B that we have to consider mm-hmm. uh, before we make decisions or uh, come to con- some, some kind of logical conclusion. Okay, those are great points. You're listening to the Voice of Truth radio show. This is Mike. Singer, Pastor Leversy is uh, not with us today because of me and messing the schedule up, so I take the blame. But we have the Reverend Mark da- uh, Mark Dowler, who is a pastor and uh, um, worked a full-time job, but also pastor. You're retired now, yes. so we get to get you in here um, 
kind of at will whenever because you love to come in and, and talk uh, talk philosophy and scripture and all that. And then Tim Dowler is going to jump in every once in a while. He's got his headphones on. And uh, we'll be right back. This is the Voice of Truth Radio Show. Welcome back to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. I'm your host, State Senator Mike Hazinger. Pastor Leversey is not with us today. We got, though, uh, the famous uh, theologian Mark Daller. Pastor, where do you pastor, uh, Mark Daller? Uh, my church is Middle Ridge Baptist Church in Deer Walk. Deer Walk, and, and uh, you also have a doctorate. What's your Ph.D.? Is it a Ph.D. or is it an M? What is it? Well, it's a, it's a, a doctor of biblical studies in, uh, in the area of theology. Very good. And I've known Mark Daller since uh, 1992. I remember um, I remember all the torch guys because that's the year I moved back to back to the area from Indiana and it was 1992. So that's how I remember how long I know you have known you and let's see 92 Tim Daller was a mere nine-year-old mm-hmm. a pup and he's a grown man with how many kids just two two youngins and mm-hmm. how old are they they um, well well, um, they both just turned three years old. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Twin, yeah. <laughs> twin. Uh, yeah. Twin girls or boys? Twin girls. Twin girls. Yep. Very good. All right. You know, I remember when you had a uh, radio program in, uh, what is it, Chicago or the Chicago Land Yeah, area? so I had a I had a, uh, a radio show in, uh, well, you know, it was in an old federal building in, in the church, a big church in Hammond, Indiana, it refurbished the building and just just put a lot of it was beautiful and they put a radio studio very nice on the like the fourth floor so from where you sat on the fourth floor in the in that radio studio uh you could see the chicago skyline oh wow so we were just mere blocks away from the chicago border that's how close we were yeah and um um, so you could look out and see the chicago border if you look down you could see a a carjacking or somebody <laughs> getting uh, a, a liquor store being held up, something like that, you know. So that's well, I was on your rate. I think I was on your program a couple times, but I was safe because I wasn't anywhere you, near there. I was. You, we were doing it by remote. You did it remotely, so uh, yeah, that's right. So you're back. We're back together on the air today, right? So it's fun. It's fun. It's, fun. it's, a, it's an honor and privilege and uh, to be. If you like to do it, you know, we like to do it. We like to. Uh, talk. We think people uh, should listen to what we have to say. We're that oh, arrogant. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The Patriot Post, the Southern Baptist Convention, pushes back. So this is some good news here because um, the SBC, the Southern Baptist Convention, has a history of, of, of fights between liberals and conservatives over the years. And conservatives did a great job as of uh, until just recently, uh, just just holding to biblical truth. You know, there's always that push, and uh, the devil just gets his fingers in there. So the latest is this critical race theory that is is just affecting everything. Critical theory and critical race theory is is getting its tentacles into uh, churches, Southern Baptist Convention, the military, education, you name it. It's everywhere. So we uh, we have to be vigilant and have uh, we almost passed a bill in the legislature this year that basically uh, 
uh, would have been an anti-CRT bill. It, it missed passing by like a minute and a half. Oh, wow. It was awful. But we got another bill passed that a very strong uh, parental rights bill. So we it wasn't it wasn't all uh, it wasn't all bad at all. So there is an effort underway. This is from the Patriot Post, as I said, uh, Thomas Gallatin. <coughs> Excuse me. There's an effort underway within America's largest Protestant denomination to pull the Southern Baptist Convention back from falling further into the false gospel of social justice or wokeness, which is critical race theory for one, as it has been popular, uh, popularly termed. Over the last several years, the SBC has found itself in a contentious fight that in many ways mirrors the broader culture, uh, the broader culture war that has been raging across the country at large. Leadership at the SBC, Southern Baptist Convention, has been steadily drifting left as concerns over how the church appears to the quote-unquote watching world have been used to justify compromises on principles and standards that were once considered foundational to the faith. Unfortunately, like many within broader American culture, the siren song of social justice, this is uh, just a a euphemism, a nice word uh, for Marxism, Social justice is Marxism. <clears throat> Those were my words, not the uh, articles. Social ju- so the cyber song of social justice has been playing more loudly in their ears with a biblical gospel call. As a result, dangerous and explicitly anti-biblical views, such as critical race theory, have, a, have been allowed to sneak in. So last year, I remember talking about this on the air with Pastor Leversey. Last year, um, the uh, Southern Baptist there was a there was a war, so to speak, within the Southern Baptist Convention yeah. at their at their convention yes. in terms of who they were going to elect to head it. Mm-hmm. And if, from what I remember, they came up maybe kind of like with a middle of the road compromise. Do you remember, Mark? Uh, they did. Uh, they they wanted to, to kind of go down the middle. Uh, Albert Moeller was, uh, uh, who's uh, you know on the yes. radio. He, he was, uh, I think, he was persuaded to run. He he came up short, but uh, but they were trying to find a compromise uh, uh, leader. Uh, but it sounds like, from just from that article, is that uh, the Southern Baptist Convention uh, it, it appears to wants to wants to appear as woke these you know uh, and uh, to kind of hit all the cultural buttons, uh, which includes CRT. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that's the push. That's what they're trying to do. Yeah. So so that was last year and maybe years before. I don't know if they elect somebody new every year. It seems like it. Because this year, uh, the conservatives, the, the uh, biblical conservatives, are pushing back hard. So mm-hmm. this is what they're doing. Next paragraph here in the article, um, the, uh, the uh, title of which uh, the Southern Baptist Convention pushes back. Christi- uh, see, uh, as the... Re- as the reality of a battle for holding to biblical Christianity and the true gospel has become more intense, a group of conservatives yeah. within the SBC is stepping up, thank the Lord, in an effort to direct the church back into the solid ground of God's word. This group of concerned Southern Baptists 
has nominated Pastor Tom Askell, A-S-C-O-L. So this guy is a, uh, a biblical theologian. He's not a liberal. Uh, so they've nominated him for president of the SBC and missionary and author Vadi Bauckham yeah. for the president of the CB, uh, the Southern Baptist Convention's pastor, Pastors Conference. So, so Vadi Bauckham is a strong, I read his book called Fault Lines. I recommend it highly. Yeah. Uh, but he's a, uh, he's a black guy. Yeah. Black man. His daddy was a pro football player, I believe. Uh, so, uh, grew up rough, though. And, uh, uh, but he, he is theologically sound. And um, uh, so, Avadi Bauckham and Tom Askell, these are the two big names that the conservatives in the SBC this year are pushing. Well, this is not the first time that the Southern Baptist Convention has, has faced uh, uh, leadership uh, controversies. I mean, back in the 1950s when there was a, uh, so much of a, uh, a liberal bent in particular the Southern Baptist uh, colleges and universities, uh, really gave way and really introduced the, uh, the, uh, many of the fundamental independent Baptist churches that really just broke off and kind of yes. started their, their own churches. Uh, and then uh, we advanced uh, in, in time to the 1980s when there was another uh, push uh, that the, of, the, of the liberal uh, wing of the Southern Baptist Convention. And, and uh, then, but the, uh, the conservatives won out, uh, and it was, uh, the convention was conservative for many, many years. Uh, and then now here we are again, and uh, it's over these cultural many of the it's over many of these cultural issues. Uh, but uh, I've I've watched uh, Vadi Bakum a, a few times, and and uh, he is a biblicist, uh, he is a theologian, and uh, uh, I believe that he's uh, pushing on why don't we just get back to the Bible? Yeah, he is. He's actually a missionary overseas right now, yes. so he'd have to move back to the States, uh, I think, yeah. uh, I assume. Bauckham, so here's a little uh, uh, blurb on him from the article. Bauckham, who's black and has been quite outspoken against social justice and uh, critical race theory movements, calling them uh, false gospels, which they are. It's, it's Marxism, folks. Published mm-hmm. a book last year. Titled Fault Lines, good book, very good book. Um, Fault Lines, the social justice movement and evangelicalism's looming catastrophe. Uh, so it became a bestseller, which is great because uh, we don't need just. Um, we don't, Mark Levin's got a, a real good book on uh, more on uh, critical race theory called American Marxism, which is very good book also. But uh, he, he doesn't come from a biblical perspective. Vadi Bauckham's book, Fault Lines, does. Both books are, uh, I highly recommend both books, but Fault Lines comes from a, a biblical perspective. And so we're looking at Vadi Bauckham and uh, Pastor Tom Askell, who's a ASCOL, who's a pastor in Cape Coral, Florida. Just a regular guy, I think. Just a, probably has a, a strong, large church there. But uh, these guys looking to bring this Southern Baptist Convention, which is tens of thousands of churches, I believe, yes. and uh, bringing them back to uh, to sound biblical teaching, and that's good news. All right, we're going to talk next, next segment, uh, about the exodus from U.S. cities is gaining speed. This is new census data, and uh, this is very interesting, folks. You're going to see... 
um, just um, the, within the last year, we've we've talked about on here um, what um, uh, what's happening in education. A lot of uh, in the black community, Mark Dowler, uh, in the black community, five times as many people homeschooling their kids. Yes, twice as many at, in West Virginia, two and a half times. I don't know. You live in Ohio. Um, I don't know what it is in Ohio, but I'm sure it's something like that because it's it's happening across America. And so we're seeing also um, what's happening. Where are people moving? In, into big cities or out? I'll let you guess, but we'll be right back. You're listening to the Voice of Truth radio show. We'll be back right after this. This is pretty interesting stuff. Oh, yeah. Tim, Tim, if you want to chime in, just go like this. Okay. Okay? Okay. okay. And don't be shy about it. We'd love to have... Uh, I was watching something on YouTube last night. A guy was saying it gave the seven <coughs> places uh, that uh, people are... are uh, the, the, the seven worst places to live in the country. You know, all of them are, are, are uh, being a big cities. But uh, uh, there was three factors that determined why people were leaving in droves. Uh, crime, uh, the economy, uh, and, uh, and, uh, the econ- and housing, you know, housing, yeah, which kind of goes obviously. with the economy. They just can't afford it anymore. Well, bring that up. Yeah. Uh, this, is, this gives the reasons why. This is interesting <laughs> um, what one guy said uh, uh, and I'm not going to tell you till we get into it. Yeah. So keep the element of surprise. You'll like it too, Tim. Well, you know, surprisingly, they're, 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 many of the places they're going to, to small towns. Exactly. This it, guy moved to Idaho. Yeah. Bought a house but, for but, but here's the thing, you know, I mean, it, it, it's, it could be a blessing and it could also be a curse because they're bringing their, their yeah. woke, uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, they, with them. They bring their vote with them. Exactly. It, Texas was very what? troubling, but it is interesting. Yeah. You know, hopefully it, these experiences will will uh, you know transform their their political philosophy and maybe uh, move to these towns, get saved, and and uh, G- let Jesus fix yeah. it. But Texas was a blue state, <clears throat> solid Republican for a long time, but now it's getting to be more purple because some of these re- you know yeah down there on the edge, down there around yeah. Houston is a me- or uh, Houston, yeah. Austin. Austin, yeah. Yeah, Austin's capital. always been bad. Oh yeah, yeah. Tim Tim spoke. <laughs> he does. He does have that ability. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, but you're uh, so let's do um, <coughs> let's do you know ten twelve on this, and then we'll do some etiquette stuff. Okay, We're talking about tipping. Oh, it's <laughs> really interesting. <laughs> So, My wife's a better tipper than I yeah, am. She feels like so. she need to put more money on the table. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. All right, three. Welcome back to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. I'm your host, State Center Mike Azinger. Glad you folks are uh, joining us today. We appreciate it very much. Pastor Brian Leverstein not in the studio today. We look for him to be back next week. In his stead is uh, the most holy reverend Mark Daller, do you like M.R. Daller or Mark Daller? Oh, either or. And I forgot doctor also because you are a legitimate. I just lie to people and tell them I'm a, I have a doc. I'm a doctor, but you are a doctor. 
No, I don't lie to people. Yeah. But uh, you actually have a uh, doctorate degree. All right, the exodus from U.S. cities is gaining speed, new census data show. So this is uh, from Intellectual Takeout. Are you familiar with them? So these guys, Intellectual Takeout, I think we I've heard stories of stories all the time on yeah. this show. These guys are... Uh, some of them, I think, are Hillsdale guys. Uh, these they have the most fascinating articles. So like them on your on your Facebook page, and you'll get their stories. They have stories that are just like nobody else has. So here's one that's really interesting. America's largest metro areas saw massive declines in population. New U.S. Census Bureau data shows uh, three of the top five metros that saw. Sharp declines between July 1, 2020 and July 1, 2021. So this is very recent. Uh, were. Three of the top five were in, guess what state? New York, California, and uh, what, Illinois? Okay, I want just one state, Mr. Dollar. Okay. If you tell three states, that's like, okay, um, you know, if I don't get that one, I'll get the uh, yeah. so Okay, New York. I want one. California. All right, California. Tim says California. And your son, Tim Dowler, (laughs) is right. So these three of the top five metros where people are leaving are in California, leading the way. Guess what city? See, see, Let's do a quiz here. Tim, what city are the most people leaving from in California? Los Angeles. You say Los Angeles? Uh, San Francisco. Okay. Los Angeles is right again. Again. (laughs) But San Francisco is... In the t- is in there too. So Los Angeles, Long Beach metropolitan area lost. Uh, guess how many residents? So give me to the, to the nearest hundred thousand. Mm, Five hundred thousand. Oh, uh, two hundred thousand. Your dad got this one, Tim. He was okay. closer. So one hundred and seventy-six thousand residents. A one point three percent drop. That's one year, guys. One year. Next was the, what you said, Mark Deller, San Francisco, Oakland, Berkeley Metro, which they've always been nuts out there ever since the 60s. I got I just got finished a great book that I need to recommend to you because you read like 500 a year. This uh, It's called The Long March. It's about the 60s. All right, so the San Francisco, Oakland, Berkeley Metro area, they lost 116,000. That was a 2.5% decline. Then, thirdly, in California, uh, San Jose, Sunnyvale, Santa Clara, they lost uh, 43,000 residents, a 2.2% drop. So, that's California. Then, New York is next. Um, They saw a total decline of 328,000 residents just from the uh, New York, I think New York City, New York, New Jersey Metropolitan area, yeah. three hundred twenty-eight thousand yeah. residents. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the highest in the nation in raw numbers. Then uh, next is my old area, the Chicago area. They lost ninety-two thousand residents. And you know, uh, so we were talking about la- the last uh, segment. So when I lived in the Chicago area, we were we lived uh, northwest Indiana. Just it was the county. That uh, was uh, adjacent to Chicago, Chicago, and you would see these little pockets of really, really nice homes in like Cherville, Indiana, uh, and yeah, mainly Cherville, which was 
becoming the uh, the up and coming kind of nice nice area of of, of uh, Lake County, Indiana, and it was just it was wealthy Chicago people moving mm-hmm. because they don't they're tired of paying the the uh, property taxes in Chicago. Well, it, that's that's one of the reasons why so many people are exiting New York City is because of the economy and because of the uh, the high taxation rates. You know, it's interesting. The Bible addresses things like this, not, not, not maybe not directly, but it does tell us in Proverbs that uh, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. Yeah. The people are happy; they're content. Uh, but when the uh, when, when the wicked are in authority, the people mourn. Yes. They complain that they move away. <laughs> exactly. So why are uh, people moving away? The reasons people choose to migrate are complex and varied. The article from uh, Intellectual Takeout says. So the New York Times points out that many people who left California were seeking jobs. You mentioned that affordable housing. Yes, you know they they don't like San Francisco, for example. You can't. They don't expand the areas where you can build houses and more houses. It, it, it's it's unavailable. Yeah. So what's going to happen to prices? Uh, they they go sky high. Just uh, you know, you've seen it. Million dollars for a little yes home that's just an old beater. Because they they don't allow you to build more, so job opportunities, affordable housing, and uh, uh, let's see what else. Just regulations, harsh lockdowns right. from COVID, um, and and they can they can work from home. So here is uh, here's a guy uh, or gal, Jenna Lords and her husband. I'm gonna, this is a. Uh, an interesting reason why they left. The first thing they named was, guess, anyone want to guess? I like putting you guys on the spot. The reason, the first, the top reason they left was Second Amendment rights. Oh, wow. Second Amendment rights. Yeah. They want to be able to own a gun like the Second Amendment says and to keep a gun and not have to go through, a, you know, an awful red tape process for a right that's given to you in the Constitution within the you know the the Bill of Rights, the Second Amendment, and then the second was the high cost of living, taxes, fees, regulations, and so on. Mm-hmm. So, people are are moving in droves away from and uh, away from these large cities. So where are they going? Top five states of uh, where they uh, where folks are bu- uh, going according to you all. That's how they they monitor these things. Yeah. So, go ahead. Uh, Probably Texas. Okay. Uh, Top five uh, in 2021. Tim, do you want to guess? Just Mm. one state. Arizona. Let's throw that one out there. Arizona. Okay, so here's what they are. South Carolina, Idaho, Tennessee, North Carolina, and Florida. Now, you said Texas, Mark. Uh, it seems to me like Texas should be on this list. Yeah. Because Texas is is sucking people <laughs> into their state from all over the country. But the thing about, about uh, w- w- Texas is, or any of these other states, is the people are moving away from the, from the, the big cities. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, the, many of them are taking their own, their same woke uh, philosophies with them. Yeah. So you know, that may change the, the actual congressional and uh, uh, 
standing in some of these uh, highly conservative states when you know these droves of uh, liberals are are moving into their communities and voting accordingly. Yeah, they, they bring their vote with them. Um, that is a definite concern. So we're just hopefully that their their bad experience in these met- metropolitan areas. Um, will transform their thinking to more of a more biblical thinking in terms of government. All right, so the states that they were leaving from, give me, um, give me your top three, Tim. What do you think they are? States, five states, the five biggest states people are leaving from. Well, Tim. California. Okay, uh, yeah. two more because that was an obvious one. We yeah, California, um, sh- um, Illinois, and um, New York. Okay. Mark Dallard. Um, I'm going to say Washington State is a Seattle, uh, Tacoma metropolitan area. Okay. They are Illinois, California, New Jersey, Michigan, and New York. Wow. Now, you said Washington State. Um, I, I, I bet that they're leaving from there, too, yeah. because of all the riots. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, so, anyway. That's the story. The exodus from U.S. cities is gaining speed, and it is happening, folks. Uh, so how that, how these dynamics will, will change, uh, you know, politically and uh, and so on. I don't know, but uh, but folks are leaving the the big cities, just massive amounts. It's amazing. One hundred seventy-six thousand people from Los Angeles, one hundred sixteen thousand from San Francisco, just in the last year. So San Jose, they lost forty-three thousand residents. New York, uh, New York City, Newark, New Jersey area lost three hundred and twenty-eight thousand. That's a third of the state of West Virginia. Um, it says that's the highest in the nation. Chicago area, ninety-two thousand residents in one year. So it's it's staggering to see it. But uh, people are people don't want to see their cities burning. They want to have their their bill of rights, like the Second Amendment, like one of those people said. And uh, they're moving uh, moving accordingly with their feet. You're listening to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. We'll be back with our worldwide famous etiquette uh, segment. We're going to see what Mark Daller, maybe Tim too, if he pops in here, thinks about tipping. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Voice of Truth radio show. Thanks for tuning in, folks. We appreciate it very much. I'm your host, State Senator Mike Azinger, and uh, my normal co-host, well, he's not normal, but my regular co-host is Pastor Brian Leversey, who uh, is not here today because I messed the schedule up, so I take the blame for it. But we have in his place today the Reverend Mark Daller, who has been on the show numerous times and tim his son who produces the show is uh sitting in here with us with his headphones on also we're going to talk this is our world famous um etiquette segment and uh, you can go anywhere in the world and people will talk about uh this so uh, you know i don't take credit i give god the glory for that (laughs) all right so we're going to talk about tipping today so pastor and i talked about it last show we did together so uh tipping um I go to I go to a restaurant and I tip at least twenty percent, no matter what. Um, 
if they're really good, like I was in a restaurant last week, and this poor gal was doing 20 tables probably by herself. Wow. At least 15 by herself. And she was doing a good job. So I upped her tip because, well, she's probably making a killing anyway because she had all the tables. So what's your uh, what's your uh, philosophy of a tipping, gentlemen? Well, mine probably is more indicative of a an old Seinfeld episode in which, uh, you know, with the, the, the tip calculator where you're figuring, you're looking at the bill and figuring out the proper percentage about how it well, was. Seinfeld's dead, right? Yeah. Yeah, so he was very cheap. Yeah. He was not a good example of how Yeah, my tip. wife is actually a better tipper than I because, you know, sometimes when we're out at her at a restaurant, you know, she'll say, you need to put more money on the table. So. Yeah, so uh, my wife used to uh in our early days of marriage would uh she waited tables at outback and one other place i can't remember remember so she would come back and and just just d- destroy these these uh cheap tippers that, that would run you to death and leave you a dollar bill <laughs> so that is ingrained in my psyche and uh so i tip big a lot of it is not just because i'm uh innately generous it's because i can the the words of my wife uh, uh bouncing around in my in my my head tim uh Dowler, what's your what's your you you said uh during break that you were your performance base yes. and your tipping so you analyze yes. this okay so the way i see it um there is a there's a certain standard of self, of, of service and there's a certain amount i you know that i i get for a tip if that base level is is, is met, okay. <laughs> he is Mark Dollar. Yes. <laughs> now, if they go above and beyond, yeah, the, the tip goes up. If they, and I've had some really bad service, yeah, and then it gets, it's almost like okay, deduct this, deduct this, deduct yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm, uh, I, I, I have found <clears throat> that I rarely get bad service at a restaurant, and uh, like I said during during the break, this is the only area that i can think of in my life that i'm a socialist i'm i'm like everybody gets 20 percent and if you do a really good job you get 30 and if you do a pretty good job you get 25 so maybe that's not being a socialist Mm. that is performance based in my head but i give at least uh you know it used to be 50 percent. i give 20 percent, and i i think it's just because of of my wife's stories when she came home from wedding tables at Outback or wherever, because you feel sorry for these gals. Well, it, it begs the question: do do we do do we tip because we out of a sense of obligation? Because uh, you know, many of the the, the servers are, are their part of their salary is based on uh, you know on on the on well, tips. Most of their salary is so. Yeah, obviously. Obviously, they live off tips. Yeah. So that's why I, I give at least 20% because these, uh, uh, almost always gals, uh, these gals are, are living off of that. That's their that's their wage. So I will give at least that unless it's horrible, awful service, and that just rarely, if ever, happens to me. I've well, had that happen a few times. Where you I'm have had really, really bad. Yes. Yeah. So so I think we've all had that experience. Yes. But I've never, I've never uh, not tipped. I don't think even when, even if I felt like they deserved it, 
I, I can I can't walk away from a table without. Well, well, you're 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 you know you're you're well known. No, and, I'm not well known. And uh, and uh, people know that you're a good tipper, so well, you, know, you probably get better service than some of us. No, no, people. It, you'd be surprised how many people. Uh, I'd say like ninety percent don't even know don't know who they're state senators which is good too because that means i can misbehave and speed and all that <laughs> stuff but uh, so tipping is a, a fascinating thing so um uh, just little, little stuff like that and also uh, we we talked about this you know uh there's this new thing that that uh i've encountered where they uh they ring you in especially for takeout they ring you in, which I do a lot of takeout. I don't, I don't like sitting in restaurants very often, so I do a lot of takeout. I order, um, I order, and then they turn the screen around and they say it's going to ask you if you want to leave a tip. That goes right through me, Mark Dallar, just right through me. <laughs> yeah. So finally, I, I, <laughs> I said, I thought to myself, I prepare myself before as I'm walking in, I'm going to say something to this girl. She does it again. Sure enough, she did it. I said. Ma'am, don't ask me for a tip. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, or or you're in a checkout line in a in a, in a like a department store or something, and and uh, you know they'll tell you the amount, and then they say, "Would you like to also yes. add to it to, to some charity?" Well, it might be a worthwhile charity, but it's like you know, I we talked about that last week. The yeah. pastors that goes right through them. Yeah. Would, you, would you like that? To uh, uh, do the opposite of Seinfeld's dad, uh, he said, I'll, "I'll round down." Do you remember that <laughs> yeah. line? Yeah. So the the uh, wherever wherever fast food fast food place you're going, you want to round up? Well, um, no, because you <laughs> asked me. I don't want to. But uh, the guilt the guilt thing is it's a high pressure situation yeah. they put yeah. you on. All right, so that's good stuff on tipping. I uh, I was impressed with your guys' analysis on the subject. We got uh, Mark Daller in, and his son Tim, who produces the show, as I said, is uh, in with us also. We had a blast today on the Voice of Truth radio show. God bless you folks. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week.